0: Hi, everyone. This is Elizabeth at Small Business Grow Club. And today, um, in our Small Business Stories podcast series, I am delighted to be talking to John Tippett from the Card Industry Professionals. Hello, John, and thank you so much for taking part in our podcast series.
1: Hello, Elizabeth. Yes, I'm more than happy to take part and uh, very excited.
0: Oh, good. Um, so we will crack on with the questions. So the first question I always ask um, all of our guests is, what made you take this step to start your own business?
1: Well, I've been in the card merchants industry, which is basically dealing with card payments for people, for about five years. And about the beginning of it, I joined a company that was very, very good at training. They were great at giving me all the background of the industry and everything to look uh, look for and how to help customers. What they weren't so good at is customer service and delivering the actual result that the customer wanted. So we party company. I was looking around to see how to take that forward and got approached by someone to join within their business as a partner within the business because they were looking to develop. They were looking to take the business forward. But more importantly, they wanted self-employed sales agents that would actually work in an open Honest and ethical way. And that suited me down to the ground. Right. I wanted to be transparent. I wanted to help um, businesses to grow, but also not to fleece them. Yes. And unfortunately, the company I've been with before were a bit of the latter rather than the former. Right. And they were looking at building money, whereby we actually look to offer a professional service. Yes. Hence, we call the business Card Industry Professionals Limited. So it, it is what it says on the tin.
0: So, John, I know, um, obviously, am I right in that the service that you provide is a payment card processing service, but Mm -hmm. you're a bit different than maybe dealing with just one off. So I'm thinking of like WorldPay because they're just one provider. You deal with lots of different providers. Is that right?
1: We do indeed. Yes, we're an independent business. So we're not tied to any bank at all. People like WorldPay and a number of our competitors are tied to the bank. So they have one system and one opportunity to actually service a customer and help a customer. We work with a number of banks right across the range, and we can actually build the system around the customer and what the customer wants, rather than just forcing them down one particular channel.
0: And obviously, as we're recording this, we are in lockdown, our second lockdown here in the UK. And so, I would imagine, in this since lockdown and the COVID crisis, have you seen an uptake in people? Needing to have online card payment services for their business?
1: Yes, there certainly has been. Not quite as you would imagine, perhaps, but there have been a number of businesses that wanted to get involved in taking card payments online or remotely where the card pair isn't actually present. So we've been able to help them. So a lot of our work has been looking at e commerce work. It's been looking at what we call virtual terminals, which are electronic terminals as opposed to the physical terminals. But having said that, Because a lot of our business comes from retail and hospitality, we are still looking at how to save businesses money. I'll give you a very quick example of that. A garage I went into the other day, been with their existing provider for nearly 12 years. They thought they were on a good deal. I took one look and I could save them 48%. Wow.
0: And they switched
1: straight away. (laughs) And that's the kind of thing I've been doing during lockdown, is actually helping people save money.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions around that a bit later on in our, okay. in our discussion, because I've, I've got some questions that <laughs> okay. um, might help other businesses as well. Because I know um, dealing with some of the clients that I deal with being a virtual assistant, it is actually an issue that I'm coming up with my clients. So I will ask you another question okay. um, later. Um, okay. So obviously, so you're, you're um, classified as self-employed. So what have you found to be the most benefit to you by running your own business?
1: The benefit is the flexibility. It's the flexibility of the days that I work. I'm also involved in a couple of other smaller businesses, business networking, for instance. I run a business networking company, and I also have energy advice company that I work with as well. So it gives me the flexibility to work in any of those businesses when I need to, but it also means that I can actually have a better understanding of what the customer requires And I have a better ability to actually help that customer and deliver the best solution for them. I build great rapport with customers. They become friends almost in a way. Mm. And Because it's self-employed and because it's my business, I'm dealing with business owner. And therefore, we have similar synergy and we understand what it takes to run the business. And that really does help build a rapport.
0: And John, how long have you been self-employed by running your own business? Oh, about 18 years now in total. Oh, wow. So you've so, seen a lot.
1: Uh, yeah, I've um, yeah I've done a few different things in my time. Um, <laughs> my career started years ago with accountancy, very quickly moved into sales, and I owned my own printing company going back 18 years ago. I took it on and ran that for quite a while. When I came out of that, I then took on a Snap-on Tools franchise and ran that for seven years. Right. And, Then when I retired from that through real health, I actually then looked around for something else, which is when I came into car payments.
0: So a few of our guests have said that obviously flexibility is the biggest benefit they get by running their own business. But one of the questions I always get asked with people who are setting up their business, and, and, and this is probably where we're designed up with our audience at the moment. So we're trying to encourage people to take that exciting jump into starting their own business. Yes. And how long did it take you, do you feel, after setting up your business? I, I don't know if you want to talk about your current role or your 18 years as a whole. But how long did it take you to you to have that flexibility? Because I know when I started my own business, for example, I was working all the hours, God send, to make it successful. I'm fourth year in, and I would say it's only now in this year. And probably down to COVID actually making us change the way we work. I am now quite strict in my working hours, making sure I take time off. So how long in your journey did you find that that flexibility really worked for you?
1: I'm not too sure that you actually haven't got somewhere where, where I haven't been yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, certainly with the flexibility that I talk of it is really geared to where the needs are for my customers. So if there's no needs uh, and there's no... Uh, engagement needed in particular time, I take time off at short notice. Um, Plus the fact, uh, but my journey has been different because coming into the car payments, I came into the car payments with a health issue, which I knew that I needed operations, which I've since had. Mm -hmm. So I had to build my time around that. So I was forced to create downtime, if you like, where I can actually have my health issues resolved. So that kind of drove the time that I could work with customers and what I could do with them. So mine was slightly different to what you've been outlining there. If yeah. I go back to when I first started self-employment, I was working within a printing company. I then took over another printing company and it was full on. It was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I, I know where you are with that one. When I started this card payment side, it was very much about finding time to sort my health out, to sort my, myself out and to go forward. And that's what I've been able to do.
0: Ah, that's good. Yeah, I know if you're working 24 hours, seven days a week, at some point, you're going to sort of reach burnout. So um, yeah. uh, and I think I got a bit conscious of that anyway at the beginning of the year. So um, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a nicer way to work when you decide what you're going to do. So, um, yes. So hopefully you will get the benefit of that soon.
1: Yeah, I will do. But also I was going to say that it's slightly different as well, because I run a couple of other companies, as I said earlier. <laughs> And I get a benefit from actually getting involved with those. It's totally different. Right. Um, it's more relaxing. Running a networking group and having a regular Zoom group meetings. Then it's great because I'm networking for my business. I'm networking for my card business. But I'm also running another business as well. And it's quite relaxing and quite uh, quite challenging at times. But it does mean so I get some downtime. And then when I talk to people about energy again, it's completely different. So I have three completely different businesses but yeah. i can then then escape from each one of those at various times although car payments is my main focus
0: yeah i mean you might even have answered this next question so but so what have you found to be the biggest challenge in running your business
1: the biggest challenge is time so it's the opposite of what we've just been talking about it's actually finding the time to sit down with clients especially with covid to sit down with clients and discuss their needs because their time is precious, their time is very demanding, and the last thing they want to do is have a business meeting that's not generating income for them, but a business meeting because they don't understand what we can actually facilitate for them. So if I take the garage, for example, it's a guy, it's his own garage, his wife works in the business, they are flat out, and they're running 24 hours a day. to actually take that time out to look at what they were paying on car payments. They did not believe that I could save them money. Or yeah. if I could, it's a five or a, a, a month or something. Yeah. Um, and it's not worth their while. But when they saw that I could save them 48%, then it actually starts to equate to thousands of pounds. Yeah. And then it starts to become, actually, I am increasing the bottom line because I'm saving them money. Yeah. Um, it's finding that, so that's the biggest challenge, getting over to people that actually I could save them money. I can actually help them improve on what they're offering. The other situation with that garage is they couldn't take cardless payments. So everything had to be inserted into the machine.
0: Oh. Well, now
1: they have a cardless system. So customers that go in to try and um, pay with Samsung Pay or Apple Pay can now be facilitated, whereby they couldn't before. So it's what we can do to make it better. It's what we could do to make it more economical. It's what we could do to make it more effective. And it's getting the, the time that they can sit down and look at that and have time to to understand it fully.
0: Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that some a couple of my clients are, are are experiencing challenges, and I think because obviously there has been a burst of new like payment providers come out, and I'm talking like Stripe and all sorts of different things. But it's a quite a noticeable difference now that some of the payment providers, when they take the money, they don't give it out for a week or so. And that does cause quite enormous cash flow issues for my clients. And I know a number of them have questioned now. So a lot of them signed up to Stripe, for example, thinking that, you know, it was a bill, but then found out they're waiting a week for their money. Um, so do you have um, any suggestions around that? Um, I'm not asking you to list uh, and loads of payment suppliers that would help. But how, is it? Is it a case of just looking about for the right card supplier for you? Or what would be your hints and tips for that? Because I know it's for some people now it's becoming a bit of an issue.
1: Yeah, very much so. There are businesses around that can offer them a, a much faster payout. So the standard payout in the UK is what's called transaction plus three. So that means it's three days after the transaction goes through. Stripe, being an American company, are under American rules, which means they hold on to the payment for a couple of extra days. So it can take up to a week to 10 days. However, there are also providers out there that can actually put the cash into the bank the following morning. And in one case, where they can put it into the bank the same day. So uh, someone could take a payment today at 11 o'clock and have that money in their account at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Oh wow, so it can be achieved So people really ways do, around it
0: So people really do need to talk to you. <laughs> Is there yes yes, yes okay. No worry. So listeners, if you are having this issue, you need to talk to John and we do we'll include John's links on the the podcast interview so you can get in touch with him if you are struggling with your card payments.
1: Thank you.
0: So John, how do you advertise or market your business?
1: I use social media to a great extent. I use networking to a great extent as well, as you'd expect. Hence, I've got my own networking company. Within social media, I tend to use LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't tend to use Twitter or Instagram, although I do have a presence there. And I find that if I just post really items about such as quick turnaround of cash or quick turnaround of the money into the bank. Or cashless society, or any of the items around the industry, I tend to post a blog or an article on those, and that gets engagement. I posted one on there about cashless society. I put it onto LinkedIn and Facebook. On LinkedIn, I had over seven thousand readers. On Facebook, I had a lot of people because I had uh, over five hundred clicks on there that liked it. I couldn't tell exactly how many had read it, but you know, I do get the engagement from these things. It's not promoting me it's not promoting what I do it's not promoting my business but in the same terms in the same sense, it is promoting all of the above yeah because I'm actually writing that from experience from knowledge and from knowing the industry
0: yeah okay thank you that's a different perspective than we've had from some of our other guests so as we're recording this I think I said that we're in a COVID pandemic and talking to many of our guests, at the beginning of the year, they had a set of goals. Then in March, those goals I completely went out the window, and now they've completely changed. So, John, do you have goals in your business? Are they short, medium, or long-term? And what are they, if you have any?
1: Okay, well, the, the short-term goal for me at the beginning of this year, I was in desperate need of an operation, which was due to happen in February, which eventually happened in August. So I needed to get that resolved because that had an impact on my business. But I had targets to hit, and I was looking to grow the business and to grow the team around me. What I was looking to do was take on a concession within the business, which means that I then have a particular area that I'm very responsible for. And any inquiries coming into that area then automatically come to me because it's very much my business. I succeeded in that in September. I I became a concession manager. So I now have a team of people around me and that team of people also out looking for business and talking to customers. So I'm responsible for making sure they get their training and making sure that they're actually out there and, and seeing what they're doing and helping them, supporting them, being there for them. Even if it's on the end of a phone call after a bad day, yeah. I'm there to help them. I've run sales forces before. I've run 75, 18 salespeople before. So this is a smaller basis, but it's mine rather than running someone else's sales force. And that's very business for me, so that was my my medium term goal was to get the concession. That's now happened. My longer term goal is to expand that and to make that a larger situation, so that I've got a larger team, ten or twelve people rather than the two or three that I have now. And that's where my my next goal sits that I'm aiming for. Oh,
0: that's really exciting, and it's good to yes. to to have something positive like that that you're growing your team. Definitely, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. And, And the one thing within car payments is the market never stands still. And COVID has escalated that beyond belief. Yeah. Because I wanted to get involved with e-commerce and that side of things. And COVID has just made us get involved at a far faster rate than we would otherwise have done. And now we're offering full e-commerce solutions as well.
0: So would you say that your industry is, I know um, they talk a lot about on the news of winners and losers of the COVID. Do you feel that your industry has been a winner of COVID In the main? No, I'd say that in the main, we've remained static
1: because we deal with a lot of hospitality and retail companies. Right. And a lot of those have closed doors. Mm -hmm. So we've lost some of that business or some of the potential business there. But also there's been a lot of people that have been working for companies that have started their own business. So we've seen a a growth in that. So the market has changed. There has been growth. There has been a lot of new companies coming on they tend to be at the lower end of the market rather than the higher end of the market. There has been a lot of e-commerce work. So as I say, it's both really. We've grown because of e-commerce and because of we're an iSettle dealer. So we actually have contributorship oh. for iSettle as well. And that marketplace has been very, very buoyant during the course of this year. Um, and as well as working with other banks and working on terminals and other repos units as well. But that end of the market has been a little bit slower.
0: Right, right. And um, finally, I'm going to put you on the spot. I am going to put you on the spot with a question that I ask all oh, every single one of my guests, because as Different. I said, we're sort of targeting at the people targeting, sorry, at the people who are starting their own business. So what would be your biggest tip to someone who was starting out on the road starting their own business? What would your biggest tip to help them be?:
1: Okay, have a plan. Know exactly where you're going and where you want to take it but putting steps along the way. Right. And in achieving that plan and in, in drawing up that plan, speak to as many people as you can that are offering that service or a similar service and do as much research as you possibly can on the business. And don't make the mistake of going down the line of joining someone in order to get the experience and in the hope that that person is the right company. Research, 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 and plan it so you know exactly where you're going to be. And uh, that way, you can't go far wrong.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good piece of advice. So, yeah. So thank you so much, John, for sharing your insights with us in this um, you welcome. interview. you welcome. So the Small Business Growth Club is designed for people who are starting probably in their first year of business and need some help and guidance on different subjects in order to make sure that you can grow your business and also make it successful. So some of the um, topics that we've already covered is, for example, having a website for your business, choosing the right accountant, and putting some systems in place to help you review your business. And we've talked about various marketing channels, including networking, which has been mentioned today. So these all give you a guidance and these all come out as a monthly theme, as a video and a workbook that you can work through. You can also access all our um, business basics training, which will help you and covers things like bookkeeping, uh, email marketing and subjects like that. And you can also have access to our monthly networking group, which we have launched this year. So if that's something you would like to join, please do click on the links in the podcast. It's just £15 a month and you can access all of that material. We will be developing new products for 2021 as well. So um, we look forward to, to seeing you all on our next podcast um, interview. And thank you so much, John, for your time today.
1: Thank you very much for yours as well, Elizabeth. Thank you. you wonderful.